Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Bickley and Murata Mornings rolls on in this Wednesday live from the Option Community Studios. Lots to talk about in terms of uh, Pac-12 football and who better to talk about it with than uh, the author of the Pac-12 Hotline from San Jose Mercury News. John Wilner, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. John, happy holidays. Good morning. How are you? Yes, same to you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, we want to get into the, the Pac-12 uh, media rights deal that's that's brewing. But before we get into that, um, a new era for Arizona State football. Kenny Dillingham has made quite a splash as a 32-year head coach early on, just in recruiting, in energy, which I, I think is exactly what this program needed after the failed Herm Edwards experiment. I mean, from your vantage point, John, how do you view what you've seen from, from Kenny Dillingham and the change in this program already? Well, I mean, I agree with you about the failed experiment, right? And it seems like ASU learned its lesson uh, and that actually having a working understanding of how college football operates is a good thing. Um, You know, I think if you're an Arizona State fan, it's probably gone as well as you could have scripted Mm -hmm. uh, for the first, I don't know, what's it been, a month, you know, in terms of what ASU is doing with the staff, which is just so important for, uh, especially for our rookie head coach, right? He's, I think he's done very well. I've been impressed that he is willing to hire veteran coaches, guys who know more than he does. You know, that is a critical thing, and you don't always see that with with young coaches. They don't want to surround themselves with people who know more because they feel threatened, and that doesn't seem to be the case with Dillingham. So, to me, that's a, a pretty encouraging sign for ASU, and, you know, we'll see how the personnel stuff goes, right? I mean, it's with the transfer portal and now early signing, it's hard to know exactly what the roster is going to look like. There's more transfer. There's another transfer portal open in the spring. So we're kind of, you know, it's a a little bit of a wait and see, but certainly uh, anything they can do to shore up the quarterback position is. It's going to be a big help. What do you think uh, the, of the composition of the conference going forward is going to look like now that UCLA has been granted uh, permission to leave and join the Big Ten along with USC? How much more movement do you anticipate? How tenuous is this conference from top to bottom, in your opinion? You know, I think it's probably uh, there's no guarantees with realignment. You never know who is lying to your face if you're the <laughs> Pac-12 conference right. office, right? Right. I mean, you know, you say to USC, are, are you committed? Yes, yes, yes. And then is leaving. So uh, it's hard to know exactly, but it, it, the most likely outcome is that these 10 schools are going to stick together. And I would guess that they add uh, one or two more. They could just go with one. If you don't have football divisions, you don't have to have an even number of teams. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, probably end up with 12, uh, including San Diego State and then somebody else. Uh, we'll, we should know, I don't know, probably by February we'll have a pretty good idea. John Wilner, our guest uh, from the Pac-12 Hotline here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, Bick mentioned it, UCLA, is, uh, they're on their way out. It's official, and I know George Klyovkov as the commissioner of the Pac-12 was waiting on that resolution before really going down the road of the media rights deal facing the conference for the future. They're kind of the last ones at the table. I know there's comparisons to what the Big 12 got in its new media rights deal, but I'm hearing the rumors, I'm reading the articles about what the Pac-12 might do in terms of being revolutionary. 
and that could be a 100% streaming deal for media rights, which would mean a lot of money for the schools, but I think less eyeballs. And, and quite honestly, as a fan of the Pac-12, John, I'm, I'm concerned about that path if they go down it. Your thoughts on, on where that stands right now? Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be 100% streaming. Okay. Uh, I would That would surprise me uh, significantly. Uh, I think there's going to be some portion of their football contract that is going to allow for games on, uh, you know, pay cable and, and over the air. They can't just kind of sequester themselves only on streaming right now. I don't know if that means they're dealing with Fox or ESPN or CBS or whoever, but there's going to be, you know, broad access to at least some of their games, I would think. Uh, We'll see how it goes, right? I mean, Amazon certainly is, uh, I think, going to be a big factor in how this thing unfolds. And, and the bottom line is the Pac-12, the, the culture and the life uh, on the West Coast is much more, uh, you know, Amazon and Apple are so deeply rooted in our existence on the West Coast in the Pac-12 footprint that I think that that has an effect on Pac-12 presidents, right? That it's different than in the Big 12, right? They're, right. they're just a yes. part of the – those companies are part of the culture, and dealing with them and being involved with them in a media deal has has a deeper meaning, I think, on these campuses uh, and the potential for future uh, endeavors with those companies is more of a priority for the presidents than it would be if you're in the Big 12 or the ACC or somewhere else. Uh, that, those are great points. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Um, clearly, whatever that media rights deal looks like, I, I think it's safe to assume the Pac-12, the, the membership school cut is going to be significantly less than the rival Power 5 conferences, and that's just a reality. Does the expanded college football playoff in 2024 mitigate that, John? In other words, does a guaranteed playoff berth to the Pac-12 sort of negate the, the damage done by having such revenue disparity in the Power 5? Uh, I think it does. I think what we're going to see is that the SEC and the Big Ten are on a next level, and then the, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC are pretty close, right? I mean, the Big 12 is going to be getting $31 million basically per school. And I don't know, Pac-12 could be 30 could be 35 But at that point, right, that's all money on the margins. I mean, if you're talking about a $30 million per year difference, that's one thing. But – one million, five million. That's not going to make a difference in terms of the the, the competitive uh, advantages or disadvantages for for these schools. So, I think that you know the the reason the presidents the the, the commissioner spent how many years unable to get a to get resolution on an expanded playoff, and then you saw the president step in very quietly uh, over the summer and in the fall. And basically say, all right, the commissioners couldn't get this done. We're going to get it done. We're going to expand the playoff. Part of the reason they wanted to do it the way they did is because it gives viability to the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big 12. Right. And makes their seasons more important because there's an automatic bid waiting at the end. It makes their seasons and their conference championship games much more valuable in the media rights space uh-huh. because you're, it's a, basically a play-in game for the playoff. So 
really, I think that has helped settle this whole, you know, expansion uh, wave that was rippling across the country because those three conferences now have access to the playoff. John Wilder, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Before we let you go, going back to a, a topic that you brought up earlier, a bit asked you about earlier, John, and that is uh, what does membership look like? Uh, and you kind of it, it, twelve makes sense. I get it, and you brought that up. But uh, if it's twelve, uh, who are the two favorites to be added? Uh, is it San Diego State and someone else? Are we missing somebody? What are your thoughts on that? If I were guessing. Um yeah, I would say San Diego State and uh, SMU. Uh, I think the conference is interested in expanding its footprint and in getting carving out a little bit of space in the Dallas media market and also in ha- having a campus in what is a very important recruiting area for the conference. Plus, SMU, SMU just institutionally fits pretty well in the, in the Pac-12. It's kind of liberal. Uh, it's private, but it's got a huge endowment, and that matters to Pac-12 presidents. It's a Tier 2 research university, which matters to the Pac-12 presidents. So I think and, – and, you know, SMU couldn't get into the Big 12 because – TCU and, and Baylor didn't want them in there yeah. for competitive reasons. Uh, so I think that that would be a way for the conference to expand its footprint. To me, SMU makes more sense as the 12th than Fresno or UNLV or Boise. Yeah, I would agree with you there. John, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for joining us. We Thank appreciate you, your time and your insight. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, John Wilder. Pac-12 Hotline from the Mercury News. He joined Love us here guy. on the Arizona Sports Line.